from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is WIA National News for week commencing 26th of June 2016. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. Well, welcome back for another week of WIA News and how are you going? Really well, Rob. Uh, lucky to be here for another week. And I've got to say, listeners, we've done this a couple of dozen times. This is the first time that we're actually reclining and sitting comfortably in a chair. Didn't think it would take us this long to work out how to do it right. Now, you're probably wondering why we're back. And well, we're just giving Graham a bit of a hand for a week and he's a bit busy. So he asked us if we could help out. And here we are. And a good opportunity to catch up again. So again, Rob, we haven't seen each other for a few weeks and you were at uh, the AGM and up at Norfolk last time we, well, we kind of spoke, but, uh, you know, we were recording at different places at different times, uh, not quite the same day, but on the same recording. That's right. And how many people didn't pick that? I didn't speak to many who uh, who noticed. No, we think we uh, we got away with it quite well. Yeah, no, things have been busy for me. We've been uh, busy on the work front, uh, doing a lot of AV installation work. Yeah, and I'm in a different place, as I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, and uh, learning lots of new stuff, you know, IT still, but uh, there's a lot out there, and um, yeah, interesting people with interesting ideas that are completely not related to IT, so it's nice to be around, you know, smart people. Yeah, and it's nice to catch up again. Uh, Brian and I used to work together at the same place, what, for four or five years? Yeah, just shy of five years. There you go. All right, the uh, WIAGM, Brian. The WIA AGM video is so popular. The Wireless Institute of Australia annual general meeting on Norfolk Island is on video and still frequently being viewed. In its first week, the online video has been successfully downloaded 340 times by WIA members registered with the MemNet membership service. This in addition to live streaming in real time that was viewed by 150 members throughout Australia. The WAA board continues to get favourable comments about the AGM videos, and where possible, it will do so at such future events. While there's no substitute for actually being part of the AGM and associated events, the video does show some of what happens. Plans are being made for the next WAA AGM in Adelaide next May 2017. And thanks to Jim VK3PC for that and so many other news stories. Hey, Rob, um, live streaming uh, in capitals, I understand that to be a uh, service that was used. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, as it happens, here is the box, Brian, this little box. And obviously, listeners, you can't see it across your radio, but it's a cute little red thing. It's, uh, It's not too heavy. It's got lots of connectors and bits and buttons on it. See the HDMI port in the back? That's where you... Uh, plug the camera, and there's an Ethernet port there mm. where you uh, plug into uh, the internet, and the box register yourself with a live stream account, and the box talks back to your live stream account and enables you to live stream the material. So, so it must make it pretty easy to do, and it means that you know there'll be obviously more uh, occasions where it can be used without too much uh, you know forethought or uh, you know extra technical knowledge needed so it's probably a great enabler for this sort of technology yes well it's reliable and that's the thing that uh, matters noise floor study looks at the problem many devices emit radio frequency energy adding to the radio spectrum noise floor that could interfere with radio services 
Some amateurs complain that such interference has increased in recent years and can easily overwhelm amateur services because of their need to receive low-strength signals. In the United States, the Federal Communications Commission is thinking about the impact of these unwanted signals and how much trouble they cause through radio noise. This is because of the belief that the noise is rising as the number of devices that emit radio energy grows. The FCC wants quantitative data to support the presumption that the noise floor is causing this problem. It has asked for public help, admitting that whilst there are regulations limiting RF energy emissions, not all devices are regulated equally. The FCC mentioned intentional radiators, such as computers, portable electronic devices and high-efficiency lights, which send RF signals by conduction but are not intended to emit RF energy. Anyway, its early days on its study of the increase over the last 20 years of the noise floor through emissions from human-made sources and whether it can be minimised with good engineering practice. And it's to news about Gipstech, July 9th here in VK3, and it's across to Jason, VK2LAW, with the latest. Gipstech conference for the VHF, UHF and microwave bands. Learn about the latest techniques, equipment and discuss issues with many knowledgeable radio amateurs at Gipstech 2016, the premier technical event. As usual, the two-day conference at the Federation University Australia at Churchill in Victoria's La Trobe Valley has a range of speakers and a partners program. There will be Dale VK1DSH on slow scan TV using Arduino hardware, David VK5DGR open source for VHF, Rex VK7MO weak signal earth moon earth on 10 gigahertz, David VK5KK software defined radio and Glenn VK1XX on the near effects of ground and the field day setup. Julie VK3FOWL and Joe VK3YSP explain their mini satellite antenna rotator and a speech synthesizer for the Yaesu FT817. In other presentations, Mark VK3XMT talks on ACMA interference challenges. Dave VK2JDH about the Android phone for homebrew projects. Richard VK3ZCL has an audio amplifier and Alan VK3XPD reveals the Microwave Achievement Award. Gipstech 2016 on July 9 and 10 is run by the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club. More information on its website. Now emergency communications respond to wildfire outbreaks. The latest to suffer summer fires is Cyprus where radio amateurs are using their skills mainly on the VHF band in the Salaya region to pass health and welfare traffic. The involvement of hams is being coordinated by the Cyprus Amateur Radio Society. Firefighters are battling a huge forest blaze in high winds and temperatures with ground responders around the perimeter and aircraft from Greece, Israel, France and Italy. Earlier fires broke out in rural parts of the USA with some activity by the Amateur Radio Emergency Service but improved weather conditions meant that outbreaks could now be brought under control. Well, that's great uh, cooperation there from the amateurs. And also, you know, planes from other countries. It's not like they can do that here. We're a bit too far away from New Zealand. Yeah, indeed. Okay, now it's across to Felix, VK for FUQ, with news on the IARU HF World Championship Contest. IARU HF World Championship Contest. This annual contest is on July 9 and 10, with the rules having categories for single and multi-operator stations. 
The objective is to contact as many others as possible, especially IAIE member society HQ stations on the 160 metre, 80 metre, 40 metre, 20 metre, 15 and 10 metre bands. Multipliers are the total number of international telecommunications commission zones worked, plus IAIE member society HQ stations and nominated officials. For the first time, the new IAIE member society, the Amateur Radio Society of Kosovo, will join as Z60A from multiple stations around the country. Under the rules, designated IAIA officials from the Administrative Committee and the three IAIA regions are also multipliers. Each multiplier will be clearly identified by the call sign designator. The complete rules at www.arrl.org forward slash IARU-HF-Championship. And thanks, Felix. Did you get your copy of AR Magazine in the mail this week, Rob? Yes, I did. I did get the copy in the mail, and we did put the online edition up as well for uh, members. Well, here's Barry, VK3JBR, to tell us what is found in this month's edition. Here you go, listeners. Amateur Radio Magazine for July. On its cover is a photo of a portable amateur radio activity among the iconic pine trees and lush ferns on Norfolk Island. It reflects the theme of the magazine for several reports on photos from the WIA AGM and the associated events held there just a few weeks ago. Well done to all concerned. A fascination of military history over decades has been the World War II German Enigma machine, Secret Scrambler, that eventually had its messages deciphered by code breakers. Jeff Linthorne VK2GL, an Enigma machine, albeit an electronic version, and has an excellent article on it. A two-part technical article concludes on the PC-based swept frequency measurement system by Paul McMahon, VK3DIP. A story entitled Memoirs of a Signaler, written by Barry Abley, VK3SY, concerns the ANZAC troops on the Western Front. More about VK100, ANZAC, Geelong Amateur Radio Club commemoration will be on the broadcast. The DX Talk column by Luke Steele, VK3HJ, has the latest news. Well worth a check to see where and when DX has been found. Results John Moore Memorial Field Day 2016 are published and the Waverley Amateur Radio Society that held an inaugural ham radio on the ferries contest this year now makes it an annual event, returning on the 12th of March 2017. Among the regular columns are VHF, UHF, An Expanding World, Alara News, CW Today, Soto and Parks Activation News. Amateur Radio Magazine is a WIA membership service available at selected news agents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3, Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Thanks, Barry. And uh, for those listeners, yes, quite a few pages in this month's edition of Amateur Radio Magazine with all of the uh, John Moyle Field Day results. So Dennis Johnson's got them all there for everybody to read. Yeah, and that uh, Enigma machine uh, is an interesting story. Yeah. 
It's yeah. uh, it makes a good read. Not just that, but also the, you know the regulars like uh, Luke uh, VK three HJ pitching every month with his uh, with his column. It's just nice to see. You know, you speak to these blokes on the radio and see what they write each month in the magazine, and they just keep on keeping on. So uh, you know, thanks to them as well. Reform to the Malaysian license system. The Malaysian Amateur Radio Society has advised that the Amateur Radio Certification Review is showing some positive future changes in that country. In the new structure, there will be three classes of licence, namely Class A that gives one kilowatt on all bands with upgraded privileges, Class B has most HF bands at 50 watts, and the new entry-level Class C gives access to 2 metres, 6 metres and 70 centimetres. The Morse code proficiency tests of 12 words per minute that currently apply to Class A top licence will be removed. In other news, the minimum age to obtain the Class A licence will be 15 years, with the Class B middle class licence also at 15, and the new Class C licence will be 12 years. When these changes will take effect is not known, but will follow the normal drafting process for new rules. What use is an F-call? It seems that there is a disease within the amateur radio community. It's spreading and seems to be contagious. There doesn't seem to be a cure and it seems to be pretty virulent. Symptoms include listlessness, deafness, stubbornness and apathy. Community members have aptly named it as LAS or Lead Arse Syndrome. I receive a regular stream of emails and phone calls from fellow amateurs who share with me their latest idea or plan for an activity in the hobby. It's often a group activity, a plan to do something with the why of the community, or a group of people with a common interest. It might be an outing, a meeting, a build day, an activation, a website, or some other thing. The conversation often includes the question, do you think it's a good idea? Often I'll say, absolutely, great, wonderful. Sometimes I'll suggest alternatives or point at an existing activity that is already underway. After that, the response from the other person is often, well, I'll leave it with you. Fortunately, I'm made of sterner stuff, having only a few other commitments in this community, and I'll often suggest that they take on the project and I'll do whatever I can to support them. I can almost guarantee that it's the very last I hear of the activity. So what is it that stops people from making their idea into reality? Are they dense, lazy, or is their idea wrong? No. It's that they lack the confidence to stick their neck out and do something, anything. You might wonder what this has to do with LAS or Ledar syndrome. It's simple. The rest of the community doesn't particularly care one way or the other. They might respond or not, often not. Commit to something, or they might not. They might say they're coming, but don't show. They might start an activity, but never finish it. They might participate for an hour during a 24-hour contest, but there is no commitment. I know I should be grateful that they spend the hour, or tell me that their pet parrot died and that they cannot attend. But frankly, I'm not. I think that this lack of participation, lack of engagement, lack of commitment is embarrassing. It's not community-minded, it's not encouraging to new entrants, and it sets a very bad example to the community. I understand that circumstances change and that people have commitments outside the hobby. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an advanced level of apathy that infuses others and has them give up on their idea before they begin. 
I'd rather be surrounded by those who think that this is a fun hobby with stuff to learn, people to meet, things to do and places to go. Of course, if you're one of the few with an idea, then I salute you. Hold your head high, scream your idea from the rooftops, share it with the active community and get on with it. Unfortunately, there is only one of me and many of you. I'm happy to be a sounding board, but I've not yet figured out how to have more than 24 hours in a day. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. It's across to Jason VK to LAW with news on what some foundation licensed people have been up to. Foundation licensees twice recognised for achievements. A radio amateur has qualified for a Keith Rogert Memorial National Parks Award Ultimate. All 43 VK3 National Parks worked. Adrian Addison, VK5 Fox Alpha November Alpha, has qualified for the Merit Hunter Award with his plaque and certificate in the post soon. Award manager Tony Hambling, VK3 X-Ray Victor, described it as an outstanding effort having begun in December 2014 with Julie, VK3 Fox Oscar Whiskey Lima in the Cooper Canberra National Park in eastern Victoria. The final contact in April was with Rob, VK4 Alpha Alpha Charlie Portable 3 in the Burrowa Pine Mountain National Park in Victoria's northeast. Rob, VK4 AAC, is caravanning around Australia with his XYL and is a keen park activator. Adrian, VK5 FANA, was given the WIA President's Commendation at the Norfolk Island AGM for his wholehearted participation in the Anzac Centenary Award, completing contacts with Anzac stations across all states and territories, and Zulu Lima 100 Anzac. Thank you, Jason. And I always like to think of, uh, you know, amateur radio as being a contact sport. Not, you know, like football, but we contact people. We do indeed. Now, back in my wheelhouse, a milestone for ASCII. I was actually talking about ASCII for, I don't know, fun and entertainment a couple of days ago. I think I was only enjoying it. The person I was speaking to didn't really care. But anyway, a plaque at the American Telephone and Telegraph, AT&T, now commemorates a 50-year milestone of the American Standard Code for Information Exchange, or ASCII as it's more commonly known. Its first commercial use was in the AT&T Teletypewriter Exchange and the Teletype Model 33 Teleprinter. ASCII moved communications from Morse code machines to Teletype, including the RIDI mode that is still used today by amateurs. And uh, you might ask, Rob, uh, why did ASCII come up? I don't know why. Did ASCII come up? I was watching a geeky TV, uh, uh, you know, like a sitcom, and uh, a bloke had uh, zeros and ones across his shirt. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And it turned out that they were the letters of, so it was B, I, T, you know, zero, zero, one, 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 zero, okay. zero, zero, one, uh, Bitcoin, which, you know, we'll talk about cryptocurrency another time. But, yeah, and then I had to explain, oh, look, that, 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 that's Bitcoin on his T-shirt. And somebody said, well, oh, zeros and ones, what are you talking about? I, I think I probably ranted for about 50 minutes about... Uh, Fifty five zero minutes about ASCII and binary and octal and um, yeah, I'm sure the listeners are laughing at me now too. Anyway, it's back to Felix with this week's news of Ham's earthquake preparedness for the Pacific Northwest. Earthquake preparedness for the Pacific Northwest. Trained individuals took part in the recent Cascadia Rising Earthquake Drill in Curry County, Oregon, USA, to work together and prepare for a major disaster. Up to 20,000 people, including radio amateurs, firefighters, the Community Emergency Response Team and Red Cross members, the Medical Reserve, law enforcement and others were involved. 
The exercise overseen by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, was held on June 7-10 and had emergency radio traffic, crowd control, rescues and many injured being treated. For an interoperability test, FEMA had 5 MHz channels so services could talk to each other. In a disaster, the internet and phone service would be severed or impacted with how operators acting as messengers for emergency officials as they save lives and prevent more damage. Bruce Berkey, K7BHP, the Oregon Section Emergency Coordinator Amateur Radio Emergency Service, says radio amateurs had a role to play in such exercises and welcomed the opportunity. They were prepared with message forms, Winlink email, HF nets, VHF and HF data traffic, repeaters and simplex. HEMS were able to set up email-type services for emergency management officials to bridge the gaps as emergency officials scramble to save lives and prevent more damage. The Cascadia Zone is off the coast of Northern California, runs through British Columbia and Alaska, and is long overdue to release built-up stress. The statewide exercise identified response improvement for a magnitude 9 earthquake and killer tsunami in the Pacific Northwest coastal communities, with more than 8 million people. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. And thanks, Felix. Australia is set to activate lighthouses in August. The popularity of the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend throughout the world continues with nearly 250 registrations so far, which include 40 from Australia. In the leader, both VK3 and VK7 with 10 each, followed by VK2 with 7, VK5 on 5, VK4 has 4, and 2 from VK6. While the final list of 500 from 50 countries is only at the halfway point, organisers expect that there will be a late rush in the last two months. If you want to see the fun event guidelines, report on past activations, or register one for yourself, on August the 20th and 21st, visit the website illw.net. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here is Jim Damron in 8TMW. We begin this week's report with the deadly New Mexico wildfires, which spurred evacuations and prompted activation of local amateur radio emergency service volunteers. The fires also put a number of field day operating sites at risk, Amateur Radio Newsline's Bobby Best, WX4ALA, has that story. The Doghead Fire that began its deadly sweep on Tuesday, June 14th, through more than 16,000 acres northwest of Tajik, New Mexico, was still only marginally contained by the start of the week beginning Monday, June 20th. As evacuation centers for both people and their pets were established in Barnelio and Torrance counties, nearly 1,000 New Mexico responders stepped in, and New Mexico Aries members were among them. Aries teams were activated in Valencia and Torrance counties, with Sandoval County Aries placed on standby. The main emergency channels being used for doghead fire responders have been the Capilia Peak 146.96 repeater and the Tapia Mesa 147.06 repeater. New Mexico Section Emergency Coordinator Bill Mater, K8TE, told the AWRL that the repeater coverage was likely sufficient for communications needs in this emergency. 
Meanwhile, the fire continued its deadly progression and blasting record heat pressed down upon states in the desert southwest region. Fire officials said efforts to contain the wildfires were being complicated by the excessive temperatures. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bobby Best, WX4ALA. At press time, at least one field day site to be operated by the Albuquerque DX Association W5UR group had to be relocated as others assessed their own situations. Officials said the cause of the fire was still under investigation as of Wednesday, June 22nd. Major upheaval has shaken the ARRL's national traffic system just a day after a key ARRL committee praised the NTS for its valued public service contribution. The league's executive committee has removed the system's eastern area chair, Joe Ames, W3JY, who has also been relieved of his position as eastern Pennsylvania section manager. His ousting became effective immediately. According to the ARRL website, the executive committee determined that Ames acted on behalf of the NTS and ARRL without authority to do so and had made commitments to FEMA violating ARRL field organization rules and regulations which state that NTS communication with FEMA should happen only through authorized ARRL representatives. Ames' removal was announced barely 24 hours after the League's Programs and Services Committee asked the ARRL board to recognize the NTS for its public service role, calling its members, quote, the lifeblood of this important ARRL program, end quote. For a long time, Hams and Kosovo had their eyes on membership in the International Amateur Radio Union. Now they've got their eyes on the prize. Newsline's John Williams, VK4JJW, tells us what's next. Admitted just this past December into the International Amateur Radio Union, the Amateur Radio Society of Kosovo is busy preparing for its first IARU HF Championship event. Station Z60A will be jumping into the mix from its home station in the capital city of Pristina between the 6th and 11th of July. Callsign Z60A represents a new HQ multiplier in the international event. In going for the big score, the Kosovo operators will have plenty of help from a team of visiting hams, including Kim Ostman, OH6KZP, who'll be in town to lecture at the local university on RF microelectronic circuit development. The competitors plan to make use of equipment donated by Force 12 and the Chiltern UKDX Foundation. A Force 12 XR6B antenna with a Yesu G1000 DXE rotator mounted high atop the university building. The Kosovo Radio Society, or SHRAK, S-H-R-A-K, is based on the campus of the Technical University of Pristina, where most of the SHRAK members are also located. For these championship newcomers, however, this exercise promises to be anything but academic. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. In other DX operations, be listening for Vladimir, RV1CC, and Mike, UA1QV, who are active as RV1CC-P, 
and UA-1QV-P, respectively, from Caution Island until June 27th. They'll be on 40 meters through 15 meters, also making use of the Russian St. Petersburg University Club call sign RC-1M-P, QSL via their home call signs. Announced to Operational News 2016, a reminder about the 1010 International Summer Contest. It's on the weekend of August the 6th and 7th. The Remembrance Day or the RD Contest, that's on August the 13th and 14th. And the 36th Alara Contest, and that's on the last full weekend in August, August the 27th and the 28th. Across to the social scene it is. And of course I would be doing the social scene because I'm such a great conversationalist, as I just explained earlier. Social scene 2016, July 9 to 10, VK3 Gips Tech 2016 in Churchill, we just heard about that. August 7, VK6, the NCRG Hamfest, 9am Cyril Jackson Community Hall, Ashfield. September 23 to 25 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM Weekend, Lake Maraboon Holiday Village near Emerald. September and October, that's September 30th to October the 3rd in VK4, Cardwell Gathering Long Weekend, Beachcomber Motel. November 6th in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hampfest, 8am sharp. And finally for me, November 26th, VK7, Myena Hampfest, Saturday, 26th of November. Well, that's it, Brian. That's about it for this week. It is, Rob. I hope you have a good week and a good next week. And as we always say, listeners... Report it and you decide. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24 7 at wia.org.au.